that matters is that you treat me right. Give me all the things I need that money can't buy, yeah. You think you gotta keep me as you don't? Think I'm gonna spend your cash I want? Even if you were broke, my love don't cost a thing. Think I wanna drive your bins? I don't. If I wanna floss, I got my own. Even if you were broke, my love don't cost a thing, yes. Ow. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Your Gay Cousins, the podcast that hits the peace the pee spot with just a little bit of that good stroke. <laughs> we are your gay cousins, Malachi. And Devereaux, bringing you an uncensored half hour of cheese mate, pop culture commentary, and stories that will make our moms cry in AAVE. Psych, bitches. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> it's your two favorite queens back this time with not one, but two special guests. That's right. We are still one of the few places in the podcast where we can hear uh, talk about politics, Dick, and the daily departed Selena. R.I.P. I'm your host, Miss Malachi, and I'm joined by Miss Devereaux, and we're both joined by friends of the show and a couple of my good Judies, Michael and Estevan from Your Gay Cousins. Welcome, primos. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> wow, what an amazing. intro. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> So I have to say a lot of that was engineered by Miss Devereaux, who's become a huge fan of y'all. She knows y'all girls love Miss J-Lo. So we <laughs> we like, do. That's our Tia. Um, <laughs> and we thought Miss Selena would just be a little racist. We're like, oh, we're bring <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one would go a little too far, we felt like. Oh, Keep it man. current. Keep it current. I love it. I was real close, though. I'm excited for that new Selena drama that's coming. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Netflix. That show's going to be yeah. great. I'm so excited. Um, but... <laughs> Um, to start off, uh, so this has been in the works for a minute. We're not going to really go into it, but uh, it was supposed to happen maybe a week or so ago. But maybe a certain bitch who hosts this show uh, has fucked up her sleep schedule and overslept and went but, missing. Uh, a full we missing. Leave that there. <laughs> we we almost a pilot went missing. We almost, almost did had, a wellness uh, check on you. Yes, <laughs> almost did a what? Because you know, you know, this is the time to check in on girls, girls. Um, you know. Yeah. It's hot out there for girls, but I was just oversleeping because anxiety and insomnia. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, thank you, um, for checking out. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> uh, but this is finally happening. It's been in the works for a minute. Uh, I'm so excited to have you all here. Um, worth, you know, me and my- Miss Michael, we go back a minute. Yeah. God, I don't even know how long. I don't um, even know how long, but I do remember. Do you remember where we first met? Like the physical place? I feel. I feel like it was probably West Hollywood. No. Was it not? No. It wasn't West Hollywood? Uh-huh. It was a coffee really? bean. It was a coffee bean mid-Wilshire or something. I only remember because oh. it was the only time I ever went to that coffee bean. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why do we meet there? I don't know. <laughs> In the bathroom? Yeah. How'd you guys meet? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I was, you know, I was just a little baby, you know, gay in LA. And yeah. I was like, I need to make friends because I lost all my fam on the East Coast. You know, I'm an East Coast girl yeah. from Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went there for college too. Um, and so, but I had joined this gay fraternity when I was in college called Delta Lambda Pi. Phi. Oh my God. I didn't even remember. Delta Lambda <laughs> Phi. Phi. <laughs> yeah. Girl, it's been so long. <laughs> so she left those groups behind. Uh-huh. I say, and literally she should know the Greek alphabet. She was a classics major. So that's just a whole bunch of mess right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was reaching, so, oh, you know why? Cause I'm messing up. It's cause we always call it DLP. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I was like, let me go reach out to some girls, see if there's someone out here and make some quick friends. Yes. And this lovely man, Mr. Michael, <laughs> reached out, reached back, and we like, yeah, we've been pretty, even like, you know, you went to New York and yeah. came back. We kind of stayed cute. We stayed close. Yeah, we've stayed in um, touch. It's been nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Miss Estevan, I just met you, girl. I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure because I didn't, I did not even know, even know that you were in DLP this whole time that I've known you. I'm now the live on time. air learning. <laughs> Um, cause you all are both, cause you're, you are Michael's little, no. right? Like basically, no, no, no he's no, from the wrong, UCLA wrong. chapter. I'm from and, Arizona. And, oh, you're in a, Esteban is an Arizona girl. Girl. Yeah. Get, get into it, girl. <laughs> he doesn't know the backstory. Episode the back one, girl. Episode one. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I remember that. Oh, being confusing. Okay. Um, well, get, correct me. Uh, uh, well, yeah, tell me, I, we're going to, we have, we're going to backtrack a yeah. little bit, but definitely since we're on it, I mean, talk about how you all then kind of met and decided to do your show. 
Yeah, so Esteban and I met, um, the fraternity would do regional conferences, and we did one in Tucson, and that's where we first met, right? Yeah, that's where we first met. Michael tried to invite me to a threesome, and I said no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a big gathering of a whole bunch of chapters in, in Tucson, and then when I moved to LA, I needed a friend, and Michael... Was my only option. (laughs) (laughs) We really only became friends, like super close friends, after Michael moved back to LA after uh, New York after graduating from NYU. Interesting. And we were like, okay, let's let's uh, let's do a little, let's do a show together. Let's find a place, a half hour to be dumb together. And uh, and we've been doing it ever since. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, you all have like it's. I mean, like it's been over a year, hasn't it? It's been over a year. We just recorded our 80th episode um so we're still going strong and like we thought like oh weekly that might be too much for us but we figured out a way to record multiple episodes in one sitting and that helped out a lot but now with the pandemic we've been able to record every week and be consistent and somehow talk about new things every time so it's it's been good um well yeah there's definitely some stuff we could learn from you girls about that um because yeah we can never seem to record multiple episodes because we go too long we go way too too goddamn long Uh, we're we're only a half hour it's different Um, and y'all girls stick to it because michael's always like okay it's already it's time is up like it's time to go (laughs) and bitch we go we go Uh, hour and 21 hour and 11 no more though yeah we're not doing that anymore we're not not. (laughs) yeah we're new girls now we're new girls we're staying under an hour now we're because because we're trying to upload stuff to instagram but also we're just like girls we don't need we're being focused we got it change some formatting stuff around um but yeah miss Deverell, you um i love that like you really got into the show oh yeah you didn't want this to happen uh, you have a good story about one of your yes. good duties, some girl. ladyfish. You also knew the show. Yes. Come so on. I'm a gay cousin's girl. I'm a gay cousin's what? girl. But let me tell you though. <laughs> okay. So I was talking to Blackfish, like black lawyer, corporate lawyer fish. Uh-huh. One of my friends from way back. We've been friends since high school. And she lives in Chicago. You know, I live in Detroit. And I was talking to her. And I was telling her, because she's a listener to our show. And I said, oh, girl, you know, we're going to have some guests. We're going to have some Latinx girls, you know, on the show who have their own podcast. And she was like, wait a minute, you're gay cousins? And I'm like, bitch, how, Blackfish, how do you know you're gay cousins? Like, and she said, girl, she's been listening to you all since the beginning because she went out to LA and visited this couple, this gay couple who she's friends with, and they got her onto gay cousins, and she's been listening ever since. What? So she not only listens to our show, Black Corporate Lawyer Fish in Chicago listens to your show too. Yes. Wow. Random, Hello, right? cousin. That's so crazy yeah. to me. I yes. love that. That's hilarious. That, that's wild. Wow. I feel I feel warm inside. <laughs> I feel, is this that's love? Great. I mean, yes. yeah. So let, let's get into it, girls, because I got a I got a question for you, cousins. Okay, I yeah. got a question for you. Okay, mm-hmm. so we just need clarification. Like, I know the answer. Miss Malachi knows the answer. We just learned it last week from one of Estevan's posts. Post, but I've been known, girl. But okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a new girl. I'm from Detroit. So okay. So. What do you, okay, what ethnically would you two call yourselves? Okay, do you call yourselves Latino, Latinx, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Chicano? You know, all the black bitches got to get this right, finally. We got it. We got to know. So <laughs> what is it, girl? Well, I, I identify as Latino or Latinx, which it, to me, Latinx is just like a more inclusive, gender neutral uh, term. Um, it is currently Latinx Heritage Month. Uh, yes, but previously yes. it was Hispanic Heritage Month and that was, uh, exclusive. Like Hispanic is from countries that speak Spanish and that's not always Latin American countries. Like there are countries right. in Latin America that don't speak Spanish. And so it's, uh, more appropriate to say Latinx Heritage Month. So that's how I identify, uh, a lot of, I have yeah. a lot of family that identifies as Chicano, which is, is sort of a Me- Mexican American specific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That felt like Chicanos also felt like more of a political, yes. Yes. yeah, very that, very that statement yeah. as well. Yeah. Mike, that, what about you? What about you, Michael? Go ahead. Yeah, I would say it's the same for me in terms of like what other people call me. It's interesting, and I've like thought about this a lot too. Like when people are like, "Oh, you're Latin," and to me that feels wrong. But even though Latino is the just the Spanish version of that word, mm-hmm. it feels like there's a difference, and it's like with identifiers, it like it, it means more because you're identifying yourself. 
but Latinx mm. is like what I am saying now. But you know, people will say Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, whatever. It's all kind of whatever. But yeah, I think Latinx kind of feels the most like encompassing and correct, and yeah, that's what it yeah. is right now. I don't, it's I don't do the Hispanic label though. That's not for me. That's yeah. not for you. Feels, yeah, it just feels strange I to always... me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. for me, I, I, please, please do correct me. I always felt like Hispanic kind of more thinks about like Hispania, I like think about Spain, like more and a lot of Spani- uh, Spaniards, yeah, Spanish Spaniards, girl, Spaniards. Spain, whatever those girls are, <laughs> they consider themselves more European. Yeah, um, yeah, and like they don't, yeah, they don't. Like I've I've been to Spain and heard stories. Like I remember I um went on a date with a Guatemalan dude, and he was um telling me how he gets so much um racism from the span from the yeah. Spanish people. Yeah, that there are a lot of there's a lot of racism for them from like indigenous people, not even indigenous, but just from like yeah. Latin American, Central American people. Yeah, there, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's heavy colorism happening in the Latinx yeah. community. Well, it's also interesting too when people like try to say like, "Oh, I love Spanish guys," when they mean like Latino guys, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's just not correct because Spanish people are from Spain, Spain and like yeah. yes, there may be like cultural roots and stuff, but that to to kind of lump it all together is just not correct. And you know, a good a New York black girl is good for calling Latinx girl Spanish. Like in New York, <laughs> have you noticed? Like all the everybody, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, everybody like to a New York black girl is Spanish. Right, right. Everybody's Spanish. The New York girls kill me with that. <laughs> yeah, we. But I have some friends and I joke. It's like, oh, it's some kind of Spanish when you just don't really know what like country someone is from or what type of Latino they are. It's like, oh, some kind of Spanish jokingly that like that's just so wrong like you're just gonna say that i will say though a couple years on social media like i saw a group of latinx people who were like i've never used the term latinx like where did that come from i'm like they they that was like a brand new like gender inclusive term that the girls were not really feeling like that a few years ago but that could have changed since now right i know i recently saw this podcast of this i think there were two latinos and one white guy talking about like how they're all straight cis men and it was just like how they didn't agree with latinx and how only it's latinx is only used by people who don't speak spanish and like try to claim being you know whatever and it's like okay Uh, people i think like try to use it as like a politicized term too so i don't know i think to Esteban's point, it's like the most inclusive word and it feels mm-hmm. like you're not gendering people. And it's like, why not just do that? Who cares? Yeah. It's not Especially a new term. For like a... Right. It's, it's not, it's, you're saying it's not a new term. It's not a new term. No, it's existed for like over 20 years, but it's only recently mm-hmm. like gained popularity. And so there is definitely like pushback against it because the X doesn't really flow mm-hmm. into a lot of span like actual spanish words spanish language words so there is there are some people who use latine with an e at the end so if they're actually Mm. speaking spanish instead of saying like the o or the a masculine or feminine they'll just throw the e in Mm. there and it kind of because it's a vowel flows a little bit better but Mm. i'm like it doesn't cost me anything to to put an x so i'm like if that helps you feel (laughs) seen i will do that i don't understand why there is such a push against it but it's usually from people who are you know cis men to straight men right yeah mm-hmm. and i think there's definitely something about like some i mean some of the romance languages but definitely with um spanish where it is a very gender language and especially there's a lot of you know masculine is the default a lot when you see a group of people even if there are women that you say like you know amigos or chicos yes um i had a spanish teacher who was saying like in as a, a woman spanish teacher who was saying she hates that she's like she goes out of her way to teach people like if you're going to use spanish say amigos amigas say chicos chicas oh, uh, chicos yeah, chicas. Okay. yeah. Um, as another way of like recognizing that no that's not Right, man. Yeah, it's just wild to me that you can have like you can have ninety nine women in a room, and there can be one (laughs) man in there, and suddenly the correct way to identify is 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 like chicos, like is yeah. One man makes it this masculine group. If you if they were Mm. all women, it could be chicas, but to not make the man feel strange about being identified in some feminine way, you have to like Mm. masculinize the word, which to me is like wild. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's French is the same. I mean, because you got—I don't know if you girls know, but I'm a—I'm like a black French heritage girl. Like I'm a Creole girl, and no. yeah, it's the same. Like you know, one male in the room makes it all masculine. Same yeah. thing, right? Mm, so funny. Yeah. 
Well, girls, at the um at the top of the show, we kind of did talk a bit about how you all met, but I think it's kind of worth touching on that. Like y'all are both entertainment girls. You know, I'm a quasi entertainment girl. I feel like I don't really get to own it until I start getting that money in the bank. No, um, you gotta own it but now. Michael's look. <laughs> Michael's looking at me. I mean, yes, I yes, I say right. Yes, I do. I mean, girl, she's like being creative, starting podcasts and yeah. stuff. You know, she's producing now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, I feel like you know, you know. Michael, girl, you definitely full entertainment, giving me executive tea. I don't know how much you want to go into what you do, <laughs> Miss Estevan. Um, yeah. You know, props to you for recently becoming a finalist. Um, oh, yeah. Saying a little bit about that. But yeah, girls, tell us about um, the Hollywood life. Yeah, Michael, how much money do you make? <laughs> <laughs> girl, okay, we're going to try and like, um, you know, we're trying. Because are you single right now, Michael? Are you trying to look me? for somebody? You oh, know? yes. Yeah. Perpetually, forever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Welcome to the clear room. <laughs> um, well, that's honestly why I think Estevan and I, one, kind of were drawn to each other because we were both creative people in general, like regardless of what our actual job was. Because when we first started like talking, we were searching for creativity and like still trying to find our footing. And like we're still doing that. But um, the reason we wanted to start the podcast was like, let's do something that we could creatively own 100%. And it's also just nice to, I mean, y'all know, like, to have something that you can point to of, like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I produce. Like, for us to say now that we have 80 episodes of of our podcast is pretty cool. And we can point it to people of, like, we have a website and it's official and, like, this is what we do. Mm. Um, But it's also just a fun thing. And so, yeah, I uh, work in reality TV. I work for a production company that makes reality TV shows. And my job is to, like, come up with and develop new ideas, which is really fun and getting paid to be creative every day, which is great. Um, and, yeah, I'm my, reality TV is my thing, whereas scripted TV is Esteban's. Mm. Yeah, we have both both ends of the spectrum covered between the two of us. We joke. Yeah. We, I mean, we really joke. And we talk down to, about the show as being, like, you know, a place to be dumb or something. But it really was, like, we wanted to just make something that was unapologetically queer Latinx of us for us by us yeah all that that you know could just be like uh, an authentic brown story that we were telling for we thought just like five people were gonna listen but come <laughs> to find out there's a lot of gay cousins out there and i, yeah. like, and, I bl- and black lawyer fish too black lawyer, <laughs> very that. and i'm like oh yeah. this is for everyone to relate to yeah um so Absolutely. it it, it it, it was kind of crazy to to discover that through the show. Uh, but that very much informs like all the stories that I write because I work in scripted uh, drama television. And mm. and uh, that is that is what I'm trying to do is to write all the brown stories, all the queer stories. I love uh, that. Through, through but I heard Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy stole your idea, girls. From what Ryan Murphy <laughs> is and Stephen Cannell, well, they, oh, no, they stole no. your idea. I, What's this about? I don't know about this. We have to clarify. It is not our story. I'm joking. Michael and I were were like, we really, I mean, we are Paris is Burning uh, super fans and, you know, grew up. It was very formative to us watching that in college. Um, And so we were like, let's write a show about, about, uh, about ballroom, about uh, houses and, and really give some life and space to like the, the, the queens and the women that we loved from that show. And after like six months, I mean, I don't think I, there was not a doc out there from that time, a documentary from that time that I did not see in the research phase of our show. And then we saw that headline of Ryan developing a show set in ballroom. And I was like, (laughs) well, pack it up girls. (laughs) Yeah. We were, we were like heavily researching things and like just trying to understand it so that we knew what we were talking about. And like, we would meet up every once in a while and start to like think about what the story would look like. And then, yeah, that came out and it was really bittersweet. Cause it was like, wow. Like we thought this was such a cool idea that no one had thought of. Obviously that's wrong, but like to see that someone, you know, and now it became pose. Like that was cool to feel. It feels like we're on the right track. You know, we have the right sensibility mm-hmm. to be like, what are the worlds that we should be uh, giving to the rest of the world? So that was cool at least. Yeah. Well, I think I'm definitely ready for a drama, a scripted drama around um, drag queens. I think we can definitely, that could be the next, you know, don't tell nobody, y'all. Keep this on the low. <laughs> you mean you didn't love AJ and the Queen? 
<laughs> mama, 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 make some choices. Because what would be better to do a show about a black drag queen going across the country than working with the um, maker of Sex in the City? Right. Um, <laughs> so gross. So gross. So okay. So quarantine, though. I want to. I want to talk about quarantine yes. a little bit too, because I actually listened to your quarantine episode recently, like right after quarantine started. Uh-huh. So tell our audience, though, what were you doing when quarantine first hit? And then how did you initially handle everything, like, i.e. Berlin, all of that? Because I heard a little bit of that tea, too. Like, what what was the timing of that, that whole Berlin trip? We, so we, I was in Berlin when it was kind of this, like, question mark of, like, well, there's a lot of countries. What were you there for, girl? What were you there for? (laughs) A quick trip. A quick little vacation. Because I had been working. Okay, girl. (laughs) I mean, I had a weekend trip to Berlin a couple years, too. And it sure was a quick trip well, what okay. did, I, want, I want to know what you got what, into uh, i mean were you what, what time of the what time so this was were you there for snacks you know about snacks no i love snacks what, what kind of snacks <laughs> oh girl but you know um, snacks was probably canceled this year because it's usually an April, yeah it's on easter weekend right yeah oh yeah, yeah this was it's a big this was end of february beginning of march Oh, okay. Yeah, that was before now you gotta go around that easter time it's like when the girls get real wild it's this big leather kink weekend i mean it's like this party where you also like girls wear jocks and stuff too um it's this big party weekend in berlin but that's my only time to berlin it's called snacks s-n-a-x we'll love that (laughs) we'll love that (laughs) putting putting the latin x in snacks uh but sorry girl yeah we'll take it offline we'll plan that trip um 2022 um we were were honestly there for like four and a half days and it was like this thing where we were starting to notice all these countries shutting down and we barely got back to the states in the nick of time because by the time we landed it was like and the world is shutting down yeah and michael what was your shutdown experience like like what was what was that like well we traveled to vegas like the weekend before the world shut down miss malachi and i and we went to go see the drag race vegas show Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, like, child, I don't remember anything pre-quarantine. I'm like, that must have been last year. No. We've just been in this for so well, long. Well, because then you like continued your international travel by oh, right. going somewhere else. She was overseas, like yeah, a dumb she, bitch, yeah. like a dumb <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Let's, like, let's tell the truth. Like. I literally remember someone asked me, they're like, are you sure you should be going right now? Yeah. And I'm like, well, girl, they didn't cancel the trip. Right. I got a free flight. <laughs> yeah. I literally, 48 hours, and literally like woke up in the middle of the night and was, called one of my coworkers like, bitch, we got to go to the airport, bitch. Start buying a flight now. <laughs> we got to go, bitch. Trump's shutting down the borders, girl. We got to go. Yeah. To, <laughs> to me, that was like, okay, maybe I should just sit my ass home and stay home. And so like when it first all started to shut down, um, I feel like my office like was responded really early. And so it was just like, all right, everyone just work from home. And mm-hmm. I was just very like anxious and unsure of what was going on. So like even like my first like target trip into this was very anxiety inducing. And it's just like, I don't want to be around people. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of questions. But once mm-hmm. it kind of I settled in, like I... I, and I've told Estev on this many times. Like, I love being at home. And, like, because I used to not. I used to not be home ever. And so now with all this where it's, like, you're highly encouraged to stay home, I've, like, started reading and watching TV shows that I never watched and, like, really just being okay being by myself. And I love it. It's been good. And you're a bitch who really stays at home during quarantine. Like, you're like me. Like, we, <laughs> us two girls, we really are, like, about that quarantine life, for sure. Yeah. Well, par- so it's partially because, like... You're still not doing brunch, Michael? You're still not doing no. brunch, girl? And Michael doesn't go anywhere. To... Michael won't even, like, he has seen me <laughs> one time in six months. I know. I know. But it's just, to me, the anxiety around it all is too much that I'd rather... Because, like, it's, as soon as you, after you encounter someone or you're out and about and then you feel that throat tickle and you're like oh that's it <laughs> that little cough <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's true like, though I, it is true <laughs> i'd rather not deal with any of that so like for me i'm like i'm good i have my roommate we can be social when we want to we can go off into our corners when we don't and it's perfect and like i can see friends here and there and i have in just like little ways like out in parks and stuff but I'm not going to restaurants. I'm not doing any of that stuff. But Estevan, Estevan invited you down to DTLA and y'all girls were hanging and having coffee drinks and all that type of yes. thing, right? Y'all, y'all yeah, and, but that took you. like six months of prep time to, <laughs> to get <laughs> <Okay>. there. <laughs> it really did. It was like six months of me just being like, you want to come tomorrow? 
you want to come tomorrow? Will you see me tomorrow? Can mm. I see you tomorrow? You want to hang out? And he was like, fine, we can we can get coffee. Don't hug me. I'll, I'll give you two but you're hours. An ambas- you're an ambassador for downtown, Esteban. You're like you're the Ooh. you're the downtown girl now, right? Yeah, well, so, yeah so I am because I've always wanted to live here. Now that I'm here, I'm like, every can everybody move down here? It's great, guys. Girl, Let's be friends. Why, why not? I hate down. You no, know, oh. let me do it. I'm gonna do this real quick. I hate downtown LA. It is my because when I first came to LA, I lived near USC, which is also not close to downtown. She didn't have a car. All oh, these were days. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, it's been interesting to watch the transition for a non-LA girls. Downtown used to be the place that like nobody went to downtown because it's yeah, like you go to true. work there. Yeah. There's a little bit of financial, a little bit of like, you know, kind of corporation T, financial companies. And then you take yeah. your ass back to the West Side. And now it's like you got the stadium, you got... You know, I mean, always had like the fashion district and artist district. So for the, some girls, like designer, creative girls, they do that. But it's now truly has, you know, become this part of LA to go to for well, pre pre Rona, pre quarantine for like museums and this yeah. and that. But at the same time, Skid Row's right there. At the same time, they haven't done anything about the homeless issue. Like I can't child i'm not gonna tell you about that one episode where she was walking from the club and she was dodging rats on the way to her car i can't do it <laughs> so how is your downtown experience before we move on like, i don't maybe you're, looking at the, maybe, maybe you're above it all maybe you're above it all but i can't don't say above I, it I, I mean i do live above it but uh i walk through it to go from literally yeah from uh from the coffee place that michael and i went to you know it's around like it honestly it hasn't really changed in in a lot of ways like there is still a very heavy uh unhoused population that is being kind of shifted out from a lot of the public parks and stuff where they were previously living because they've closed a lot of public spaces due to to covid and so Mm. you know it is really unfortunate to see that there's not a whole lot of resources being offered to them that set against the backdrop of like businesses either struggling to remain open. Like there's a lot of heavy energy going on downtown, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I just live for the fact that you can just walk around places and you get, to, you are forced to like see LA for all of its great mm. bits and it's areas that need work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I mm. love, I love yeah. seeing that. And also I got rid of my car. Like, this is it. I made a commitment. I Oh, what? I <laughs> don't have a car anymore. I am taking the public transportation game. What a yeah. commitment. You go, girl. Save that environment, bitch. Yeah. Save the, save the planet home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the time to do it. But yeah. um, what, a cho- what a choice. What a choice. What so, a girl, you're not worried about needing a car to get to meetings? Sorry, all of question. them happen on, on Zoom now. I, all of my meetings oh, are on I'm, Zoom. Yeah, but eventually, 2022. I'm going to ride the I train. Honestly I'm going to be like Jennifer honest- Lopez. I'll be on the six. <laughs> on the six. Oh, yeah. What are you saying, Michael? I honestly think that they won't go back to in-person. I feel like like Ooh. it'll always be an option, you know? To do a Zoom so. meeting. I do, I do. I mean, maybe not, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, like, kind of transitioning a little bit. Like, I was messaging you one day, Michael, from the Two Save Queens account. Yeah. And I was, you know, asking about stories. Like, the stories you two talk about uh, remind me so much of black culture, too. Like, growing up in Detroit. You know, your mom sneaking whole meals into their purses when you go to the movie theaters. <laughs> or yep. When you two talk about problematic T.O.s and, and T.S. Uh-huh. Um, i.e. your real and or fake uncles and aunties. I don't know if they're real or fake. Probably both. I don't right. even know. <laughs> but... <laughs> What do you think? So, what do you think are some of the similarities between Black American culture and Latinx American culture? What do you think? Seasoning. I feel like we season (laughs) our food, you know, and that's like a big part of it, uh, you know, because you can. uh, There's there's a lot of similarities. My best friend, you know, from high school, she's like my my longest friend. She's black, and so I I, for a long time like spent most of my time at her house because I just wasn't getting along with my family. (laughs) And so you know, it was always really interesting to see how many similarities we had, like just simple like home training just like don't put your feet on the you know on the couch or uh you have to clean or um put some batteries in the fridge (laughs) 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 Um, what's the batteries in the fridge to you i'm this black girl don't know about the batteries in the fridge i think you get a little bit extra juice out of them but (laughs) i've never done it That's that broke black girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what that's Philly tea right there. <laughs> that's, that's Philly, Philly tea, tea girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think yeah. there's just a lot of like 
I mean, it could be like socioeconomic stuff too. Mm-hmm. We just like have the similar struggles in terms of just trying to, especially in a white America where it's like, there's even my sister does this. And it's so interesting because she lives back with my family and she's like, anything that seems like it's done properly is like white. And it's like, there's a, that's not necessarily true, but there's mm-hmm. this sense of like the way Mexican people do something is a little bit off but that's just the way we do it and it's just like if you do what's like an example what do you mean by like properly like yeah like there's this sort of like i feel you michael where there's this there's this perception of things (laughs) sort like uh of affluence or like wellness that seems to always be read as whiteness do you know what i mean so it's not it's not like in terms of even how you talk how you talk how you take care of yourself be like oh you talk real white yeah you're like if you're like I've never gotten that. I, have I ever gotten like you talk? Or if you're not eating, the, I, you're, if you're not eating the diabetes meal, you're white. One hundred percent. Wow, you're white. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I'm vegan, and for all my family, I might as well have just been white. They're like, "Wow, you really <laughs> a traitor." <laughs> you know? Like I always yeah. make the joke that my mom was more disappointed to find out that I don't, I no longer eat meat than to find out I eat ass. She was like oh, yeah. devastated, <laughs> like <Yeah>. devastated. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. It's just stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of quirks that we can just all relate to that I guess somehow relate to race, even though they don't really like the things that you said, like having those relatives who are just a little too crazy or having the things that like, I don't know, just the way you were brought up again, batteries yeah, in, the, in the <laughs> in the fridge. Very that. Did you guys get spanked as kids? Oh Saying, yes! Did you guys get spanked? spanked? Yes. Of oh course, bro. well, what? Oh it, okay, so I don't even know. I got that switch, honey. Because yeah. my parents are from oh the south. God, that was, oh, so I was like, oh, go. Yeah, it's terrifying. What do you want to get the ones with? Like, you want to get the ones with have some, you know, some thorns on it? Or you want the flat one? You know, we decide <laughs> oh, how we're gonna bro. do. Yeah, she. That was Ooh. it. That's the, we were on that tee. So I didn't get. But then, in some ways, my parents were better because their parents were throwing irons and throwing um, irons you know, using like Kate. Oh yeah, South girl. Um, and using <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. cables of something. You know, oh, yeah, so cables, it's a different yeah. tea. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. on that post slavery tea, girl. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah. No, that's so funny. Yeah, girl spankings. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of believe in spankings a little bit. I I hate to say it, I'm trying to be a new girl with the. Oh, one, no, you know, I'm fully here. I'm here for you. I'm a this is a safe girl, space. Like, I mean, but now you got to do it on the low, girl. You got to check to make yeah. sure, you know, your kid doesn't have Instagram going. You got to make sure there's no cameras around and be like real quick with it. Just like, let me tell you. Because I, I have like friends who are like, and these are black friends too, like college girls, like PhD and master's degree girls. They don't want to spank their kids. They're looking at the research. You know, yeah. it doesn't work. But I say, girl, when he's about to touch that outlet you got to tap that hand ho you got to <laughs> right. tap that hand girl <laughs> right. like there's no way he's not gonna stop unless you tap that hand you tap that hand he won't do it again yeah like i don't my, know but i'm for, an old school girl like that for me growing up for my parents it was a very like good cop bad cop thing my dad knew how to act scary so that you know ne- he never got to the point of hitting because it was just like mm. you don't want to piss him off my mom it's funny to watch her with my goddaughter because my mom works with kids and so like she knows the she can't hit kids at work so she knows like, <laughs> right, right. the how to communicate with them in a way and she's always like no i don't like that and to me i'm just like does that work like does she understand what you're saying to like make her stop do and it kind of does so like i feel like you have to use kind of all the tools in the toolbox to kind of figure out what works for you Wow. Girl, my friends it. are sneak. They're sneaking and tapping those hands because <laughs> they they know it's the only thing that works. Girl, you can yeah. talk and time out all you want. Yeah, totally. W- when he's about to touch the outlet, tap that hand. I right. never understood the timeout. I was like, "Wow, you want me to go to my room by myself and play with my toys, and then come out when I've thought about what I'm doing? This sounds great. <laughs> See you never. Yeah. No, but I even I think also the thing that kind of unites this idea of like code switching i think mm-hmm. it happens more for mm-hmm. latinx people because like you're literally like girl we could take it to another language and even if you don't right. fully like even if you don't speak spanish yourself you're like i still might understand it so you could take it there um but i think that idea of like i know as black i think i often switch you know depending on the um environment i'm in and i think that's another thing that we have in common that need and kind of goes to the idea of like 
oh, how you act, whether it's like, you know, you're acting more white or what, what that ability right. to kind of like go into those different circles and be able to like kind of put on different faces. And it's almost become, it's a survival mechanism. Um, yeah. And I think we ought to use it to a different extent. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. What do you what do y'all think about the because like in the Latinx community, there's not a ton of unity because we're so like everyone's from a different country and it's just hard to like unify. Like whenever there's a, a Latino cast show on TV, Mexicans are like, oh, it's Puerto Ricans and Puerto Ricans are like, oh, it's mm. Cubans. Like even though to everyone else, it's like, oh, it's just a Latinx show. And it's like, <laughs> congratulations, girl. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's true though. Like I wish brown people showed up for brown shit the way black people showed up for black shit. Yeah. Because it mm. would literally be life changing for the entire community. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I agree. Mm. I agree. Uh, Justina Machado from One Day at a Time said that she was like, because one day at a time struggled to like really find an audience and it's like yeah they're they're porter they're cubans but not all the actors are cuban and it's just like this weird but then at the same time then you create this whole sort of everyone's just spanish and it's like you create this uh modular identity as opposed to like having Mm. everyone it's like almost like a privilege to be able to say no i'm mexican or i'm puerto rican or whatever it is yeah that's interesting because i think we are I think as a community, we are more culturally like a block in terms of like whether politics or whether like, oh, let's go support the new Kevin Hart movie. Or, <laughs> but, um, Kevin Hart. I, <laughs> <laughs> fucking mess. <laughs> hate Kevin Hart. Um, but I think there's like other nuances then that complicate us around like, like, like trauma stuff like the ways in which we are also sometimes our biggest critics like the ways in which i even like i know we're supposed to keep it light today but uh even just how politically i think sometimes there's ways in which i think we hold ourselves because we're you know we've talked we've talked about this on the show about how like problematic black hetero men are mm-hmm. um and in terms of sometimes mm-hmm. they oftentimes it is black women it's black queer people who are, are the forefront of black lives matter and uh, mm-hmm. the forefront of certain movements and sometimes there's that lack of support across and then partly it's because of which i think is also a thing in the latinx community but some of that like you know hyper like toxic masculinity being hyper masculine that like yeah you know both like oh the black man needs to be like so important to the black family by the same time most black households are led by black women mm-hmm. and then how black mm-hmm. women aren't treated well and yeah. then how queerness is seen as a weakness so there's a lot of other complications beyond the and then we're, we're thinking about even diaspora then it's like if you bring in like how you know, American Black Americans, how we see ourselves versus how you know Caribbeans or Africans who yeah, then come to the country yeah. and for anticipated purposes they become black. A girl when the police pull you over, they're not gonna ask right. which country you came from. Or <laughs> they, you're black yeah. to them. But yeah, a lot of you know African immigrants sometimes are like you think about like Nigerians and stuff. They sometimes can look down on black Americans and there's just mm. kind and of and they are. There. I mean, they're the most Nigerians are the most highly educated ethnic group in the United States. So like. But honestly, like, I mean, and me and Miss Malachi, we definitely, we went to Ivy League school out east and, and, and it was probably about half African American, half West Indian and West African descended girls. And I would say some of them used to admit to me, like, yeah, our families look down on black Americans. We think you all are wow. lazy. Like you all don't take advantage of the opportunities you're given to you, you know, to you. And mm. that's an issue. Like, I mean, I think it's less of an issue than the you know the lack of unity in the latinx culture because black americans just outnumber west indian and west african girls Mm. in the u.s so much but Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. it is it it is an issue in our culture too it really is that's interesting Mm yeah Mm -hmm. what do you think could help because i think even think we were again i'm I'm being that messy girl but we weren't gonna bring it too political but you know (laughs) there's latinos for like i feel like that that is like when i think about how they could do a all. It'd be hard to do a blacks for Trump panel on Fox, but they could do a Latinos for Trump panel or Latin. Oh yeah, because they're not gonna they're not gonna use Latinx. The Trump girls, the Trump girls are Hispanic girl. The yeah, Trump the girls Trump girls are, are Hispanic girl. That's why I don't I don't fuck with that. It's really true though. Honestly, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But there's such this like, it's that whole generation that also didn't teach their kids Spanish because they were trying so hard to assimilate. Like there's this yeah. strong you know, there's a strong desire to just be perceived as affluent or in some way white. Like you just want to be accepted. And there's that whole 
community that it's like, no, I'm, I'm not like a, I'm not Chicano. I'm not Latino. I'm not Mexican. I'm Hispanic. I'm educated. I'm wealthy. I'm American. And you somehow put yourself in your mind above all this other, uh, these other demographics. And it's really like, no girl, they, they hate you just as much as they hate us, but they will take your vote. (laughs) It's, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like, um, some Mexican Americans who are like from Texas and like Texas is its own thing really like there's a lot of texas pride but there's a lot of mexicans in texas who are like i was here before like the border crossed me kind of thing and it's like you're owning your a different part of your identity that still allows you to like embrace your latinxness but removes you from that like obligation and responsibility to the culture and community in a weird way and Mm -hmm. so it's like a lot of like especially because Texas is also very conservative and the Latinx culture is conservative. So it's just, it does make sense. A lot of the things kind of line up besides like immigration and stuff, which is also hard because it's like, why should we be the only ones that have to worry about immigration policies and, and, you know, have to vouch for people who come in through Mexico and all this stuff just because we are the same color as them. So it's, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Two two things actually that was so relevant what you just said because two things I want to share like Miss Malachi and I we went to college with a girl a California girl she's from California uh, she's Latinx heritage but she's just like the Texas girls you just mentioned like her family was in California before you know the Mexican American War like mm-hmm. so they predate they're not they're not immigrants right like they're not even really descended from immigrants right. and she always she's a she's a more fair-skinned Lat, latinx girl but i feel like she sometimes doesn't relate i had a huge crush on her by the way but, um, <laughs> she had um she had, this she had queen, a big situation this queen yeah this queen is she's beautiful like when i go out to la sometimes i meet up with her but she she uh well i've done more than meet up with her she uh but no but she, but this queen she she doesn't really relate to like an immigrant experience at all sure like, yeah yeah, her family's been in in California since before the 1800s. You know what I mean? Like, it, but that's complicated too, because like as you're saying that, I'm thinking about my own family, and my f- own family is is all those stories. Like, I have a grandmother on one side and a grandfather on the other side who are immigrants, but then one who another grandmother who like grew up in Arizona, and then another one who grew up in. Uh, california but his father is german so like how do you define like it can't be that pure that like oh my family is from you know this place that they've never left i mean it's it's it happens but it's rare so like how do i identify besides just picking and choosing which you know piece of my heritage to to look at i also know a a generation x like married couple here like heteros and they like the wife is Puerto Rican and the husband is Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't relate to an immigrant experience at all either. Mm-hmm. Whereas the husband works with undocumented people and everything. And he's like very sensitive to, and he's also Mexican American heritage, but he's more sensitive to like immigration issues where the wife is more like, well, you know, I, I want to focus more on like American Latinx you know people and in the and in the advocacy work i do so it's got they have an interesting split that i found when i met them like last year it's interesting yeah yeah it's all those it's all those device divided sort of separations that that's part of the reason why we have such a hard time as an entire community because it's a whole ass bunch of countries and cultures (laughs) that it's like sometimes Mm -hmm. your only your only um thread is is spanish and sometimes not even then like the actual language like culturally there's so many differences um you know food like it just the music it changes so much and so that's why when you add american citizenship into that and how you relate to your uh latinx culture then then you come into a whole mess of problems people are like oh no i'm not i'm not that kind of brown i'm a i'm a better kind of brown (laughs) (laughs) yeah well, of course, she was that girl that then made it political and deep. But what do you, um, we're, listen, <laughs> we keep saying it like we we had a whole writer. We won't talk about this. We won't. <laughs> no, no. I loved it. I love this. I love, I'm so glad we got to because um, this was something we had 
we, obviously with you know the election around the corner and thinking about the demographics of how people are voting and the polls that are coming this is definitely something that's been on our minds so yeah. i'm glad we gave this some space yeah um I have enjoyed this conversation, but you know, as we're with some girls who like to keep their shows tight and we're going to wrap this girl up. We could always, you know, find some other time to have these girls back on. Uh, I definitely want to thank y'all again for um, coming on and especially with my fucking messy ass self, you know, being <laughs> allowing us to reschedule. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to move into our two snaps. Um, so first, um, we've got some to give that are kind of close to home. You want to do this, Miss Deverell? Yeah. So, I mean, normally this is my segment, two snaps, girl, just like in Living Color, right? Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, I really want to give it over to the gay cousins girls, to your, you know, your two gay cousins. But I, fr- I first have to say this. I want to give snaps to Miss Esteban. Uh, she recently won first place in a TV writing contest. Okay, girl, two snaps. <laughs> and is now writing her own episode of the show she's working on. So we are so proud of her. Thank you. Over here at Two Save Queens. Yes, girl. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. guys. How's that going, Boo? It's going. It, you know, it's it's crazy that <laughs> it's, it's happening. Going. It's real. You know? <laughs> it's there's just so much. Not it's pressure that I'm putting on myself, really. But uh, it just feel like a thing that I've been wanting and working towards for so long. So it's just wild that it's actually here and happening. And so I want it to be perfect. <laughs> but oh, it's exciting. I love that. Living the dream. Amen. Dream of our ancestors. Yes, yes, um, we can. Won't she do it? Won't she um, do it? Si poeta. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but Mike, but so, so Michael and Esteban are going to take over two snaps. Someone who did something good in the news recently, like some girl that you're celebrating, someone that you're, you know, living for recently, right? Mm-hmm. So who are your two snaps, girls? Who are your two snaps? Uh, so I my say... two snaps. Oh, go ahead, oh. Michael. Go ahead, go ahead, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my two snaps are for uh, Ron Cephas Jones and Jasmine Cephas Jones, who just became the first father-daughter duo to win an Emmy in the same year. I saw that. And I... So... Jasmine was in this show that I watched on HBO called Mrs. Fletcher and she was fantastic in it. And I was like, okay, you know, I thought she was just like an up and coming actress. Come to find out when I saw this in the news today, she's got a whole like neo soul R and B album uh, EP that she put out. Like she can act, she can sing. And I, I love to see it. Ron plays the the dad on this is us. Uh, to Sterling oh. K. Brown. Oh yeah. So I just I love a multi hyphenate. Yeah, yeah, legacy. Are yeah. you two, are you two gonna watch the Emmys tonight, girl? Because we're, we're we're recording on Sunday. To be transparent, mm-hmm. are you two gonna are you two gonna watch it tonight, or what are you thinking? I don't know. I think so. Ooh. I I like to watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael's silent. <laughs> I'm gonna tune in just to see how. I'm fascinated to see how it unfolds. Really, like how do you do mm. the Emmys in uh, coronavirus? You know. Yeah. I mean, but if I can't, like, I, one of my favorite part of any of the war shows is the red carpet. A hundred percent. She's not yeah. there. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Anyway. They were doing, my friend just sent me this text that they were doing the red carpet, the e-red carpet, but Juliana Rancic and um, Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox, Fox yeah. Both For tested COVID. positive, so they had to cancel it. So wow. it's crazy. See, girls, you got to watch out for that brunch, honey, to get you out. <laughs> oh, no. Vivica at brunch, yes. Exactly. So, um, Michael, who are your two snaps? Who are your two snaps? I wanted to give two snaps to RuPaul, who just won her fifth Emmy for uh, hosting Drag Race. I was talking to Esteban about this before, like, two shows that uh, my company works on. Nicole Byer and Padma from Top Chef were also nominated in that same category. So, like, it would have been nice to have see them win. But, obviously, RuPaul is, like, my number one. And so, it was really nice. And I thought that RuPaul's acceptance speech was really great and, like, bringing attention to the right things. And then it was in Chichi Devane's honor. It was I thought that mm-hmm. was really sweet and yes. really nice. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, Mama looked... Mama always looks good. That's the thing I always give her. Mama always looks amazing. <laughs> but, um... I mean, after how many months are we into the pandemic and Black Lives Matter? Like, what, uh, um, six, seven, seven. She finally mentioned Black and Brown queens and our Black and Brown people and our support for them. Um, but you and, and I, like I always said. have this conversation. RuPaul has done so much to drag, to use upon this community into the mainstream that sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a pass like yes we sh- we would yeah. love for her to take on that mantle and really be the voice that we need her to be but 
if we're learning anything I, from RBG passing, like we got to do it ourselves. Yeah, that's how I feel. And I and I think there's something also to be said, and we're gonna talk about some our some things coming up. But just like girls are flawed, girls are not perfect, and also just like yeah. girls are of a moment. Like sometimes I think like seeing Bob, like me, Bob is a Bob, I think yeah. Bob is a queen, Peppermint, yeah, you know, a black trans um drag queen and performer. Like those girls are like they did like this whole symposium of the summer around you know yes. Black Lives Matter. So I think you know there are other girls that are doing that work and sometimes you gotta let the um you gotta let some other girls stay in their lane so yeah um and that's our show <laughs> so <clears throat> follow us on social media at two safe queens um you know tiktok we got we got another week on this tiktok but we're not doing anything on there anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> She was supposed to get banned this weekend, but they pushed that out. But uh, you know, girls know it's really about that IG and that um, Twitter life for us. Um, where can our listeners find you, Michael and Esteban, and all your fantastic your um, your gay cousins info? Yeah, you can follow our podcast at uh, Your Gay Cousins on Instagram and Twitter, and our stuff is linked there as well. Um. Yeah, that's where we that's where we drive everyone. Anything to, to look forward to? You know, some teases of some future episodes or conversations, or just keep on coming to you for the last <laughs> yeah. <and> cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's we can promise that it will it will be there will be an episode if it's good or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Um. But any yeah. anywhere you listen to podcasts, that's where we are. Come hang out. Yep. Come join the party. Yeah. Yeah, girl. I love that. That's one of the things that I'm doing a podcast every week. Make sure you be consistent, girl. You're like, there'll be something. <laughs> <laughs> your, your Gay Cousins has a cute Instagram. Like, it's like very curated, not messy like ours, but like very like, <laughs> very like everything is like really planned and, and cute and it's a, it's beautiful. You should follow yes. it just for like a couple thirst traps like follow Esteban for a, cu- a couple thirst traps too like you know it's cute it's great it's great thank you guys yeah. thanks for having us this was a lot of fun yes, we had a blast thank you yeah thank you so much for um, being on um, so yeah just to end it hope y'all stay safe healthy and saved out there Miss Deborah what's the final word girl well girls girls please check out your gay cousins like I really do listen every week like I'm not just saying that I on my little walks every week they come out on Tuesday I usually listen on Thursday like for whatever reason I'm always listening on a Thursday but they will have you cracking up on some top notch queer comedic timing tea like also I want you girls to google Latinx Heritage Month okay bye queens bye (laughs) that'll do it 